And so at 1KH, we just simply say our, our mission is to equip households to disciple the city, to equip households to disciple the city. That's the way that we think of creating that chain reaction. When you begin to equip a household to work together as a team to make a difference, that unit is larger than an individual, but it's also small enough to be very nimble and to create a, a ton of belonging. And it's designed from its inception to be a place in which people uh, feel love and the values of the kingdom. And so this is the reason why when Jesus first envisioned what the, the kingdom would look like, he said it'll be like a hundred times more houses and mothers and brothers and sisters and fields and with those persecutions. This is one of the things he says um, about the, the emergence of this new community that it would feel like a, a big expanding family. Hey friends, welcome to the 1000 Houses podcast where we encourage and equip households to make disciples in and through the home. Every episode, you'll hear interviews, teachings, and conversations around what it looks like to turn your home into a hub for mission, community, and discipleship. If you'd like to learn more about what entering into a season of coaching could look like for you and your household, visit 1kh.org. Let's jump into today's episode. How would you answer the question, what is the most effective way to change the world? It's really important to try and figure out how you would answer that because that helps you decide what to aim at to have the most impact with your life. So we want to take a step back and think about why did we, through 1KH, decide to make the household the center of where our mission is? Because we believe that strong families are the best way to serve both the individual and larger institutions. We got to figure out what is that thing that if you aim at, it's likely to create a chain reaction to impact both the individual and larger and larger institutions, things like you know, cities, churches, states, countries. Where is that sort of point at which that happens? So sort of like Luke Skywalker trying to figure out where exactly to aim uh, his torpedo, we want to figure out what is the best way to do that. And we have a really unique answer to that question. Most ministries do not aim at the household. They tend to either aim at the individual or at the institution. But there are problems with both of these approaches in terms of creating that, that chain reaction. And it, when you focus on the individual, oftentimes what occurs is that you can have a big impact on particular people, but they tend to then become disconnected from the community or what it looks like to actually work together. And so is what God is primarily after is sort of saving and creating individuals, or does he want to bring into existence a, a set of relationships? Even God himself does not exist as an individual. He is a trinity or a community. And so when you aim at the individual, oftentimes you can get a lot of traction. It fits really, really well with the way Western culture is designed, but it also makes it very difficult for us to see people experience the kind of love and community and all of the different kinds of belonging that the New Testament talks about. But then you could also try to aim at the institution and say, okay, I think the biggest way to make change is to get a hold of large-scale institutions. And what this tends to do is atomize the individual away from community, away from family, away from those roles that they were originally designed for. And so this is a really difficult thing to figure out uh, because we, our intuitions are almost always to design ministries to aim at the individual or to aim at growing institutions. I'll give you a few examples. So on the individual side, 
Every, almost every kind of youth ministry or youth evangelism ministry, things like Young Life or uh, Youth for Christ, aims at the individual. They're trying to figure out how to save those particular people and make disciples. Navigators also really aimed at the individual. Let's figure out how to make disciples who make disciples. Um, Christian Businessmen Association, things like that. There's lots and lots of those in various cities that really aim, again, at the individual. And so a lot of parachurch ministries tend to have this effect of, of really going after or aiming at the individual. And then, of course, you have the different ministries that are designed to help create institutions, things like church planting associations or networks. Um, you have other kinds of parachurch ministries trying to help solve major problems in the world. And all these ministries have a great place. But what you'll notice is that they're just, it's very difficult to name a ministry that aims at the household or at the family or that sees the family or the household as the strategic place in which or through which to aim to actually have this chain reaction on the culture. Um, even the ministries that, that do focus on the family aren't necessarily thinking about the family as a vehicle through which the kingdom expands, the primary vehicle that they're aiming at. They're really seeing it as a part of an institution uh, or their individuals in the family that they want to build up, but they don't think of the family as a team and they don't think of that family as a, as a vehicle through which to reach the culture. So this is a, this is a very unique uh, approach. And so when we're trying to answer this question, what do you aim at to really change the world? What's the best way to have the biggest impact? This is an unusual way to think about it, is to aim at the household. And so at 1KH, we just simply say our, our mission is to equip households to disciple the city, to equip households to disciple the city. That's the way that we think of creating that chain reaction. When you begin to equip a household to work together as a team to make a difference, that unit is larger than an individual, but it's also small enough to be very nimble and to create a ton of belonging. And it's designed from its inception to be a place in which people uh, feel love and the values of the kingdom. And so this is the reason why when Jesus first envisioned what the, the kingdom would look like, he said it'll be like a hundred times more houses and mothers and brothers and sisters and fields and with those persecutions. This is one of the things he says um, about the, the emergence of this new community that it would feel like a, a big expanding family. Um, and even as Paul begins to talk about what it means for us to be a part of the kingdom, he talks about us being in the household of God, that God's our father, and that we are creating this new kind of, of family. So when you aim at the family, aim at the household, you're creating a prototype of what the kingdom is supposed to look like, feel like. And that prototype has the, the ability to go both affect the individual, but also the city. Um, and we believe the best way to impact the city is to think about, about it in those terms. And so Paul himself, when he talked about what kind of ministry he has, he says in Acts 20, 20, you know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, both I taught you publicly and from house to house. So he really saw that this chain reaction, and you'll see this, is that when he is addressing people publicly, it is to have the opportunity to get into their households and to begin to see something uh, multiply. That's why you have such a large number of household salvations described in the book of Acts. You also see this as part of Jesus' ministry. We talk about this a lot uh, in Made for Mission, where the way that Jesus sent out the disciples two by two was to go into villages and to find particular households of peace. And Jesus said, if you cannot find a household, you must leave the city. You cannot re reach the village unless you first reach a particular family that will embody the kingdom and that will allow you to then through their network reach the rest of that village or that city. And so we believe that this is still the case today and that there really is not a more strategic place to aim than at the household. And so we have adopted this really unique mission to equip 
households to disciple the city. And I want to break down each of those sort of three words. We've talked about household, but what, what, what about equipping, discipling, and the city? And so the first task when you approach a household, just like Paul says in Acts 20.20, 20, is you have to instruct the household. You need to equip them. And we have a really big challenge on our hands when it comes to equipping households because oftentimes it's difficult to even find a household. When Paul was using that word household or oikos in the New Testament, he was talking about something that existed virtually everywhere in both the Roman and the Jewish world of the first century. They primarily saw governing as there are these layers and the the bottom layer of governance was the household. And there was a person in the household called the patras familia. This is the father of the family. And that person was actually a governor uh, as a part of the regular political uh, entity within the city. In other words, there were particular laws that the patras familia, that, that person, that father of the family, um, ha- had uh, that, that really they could extend their authority over anyone in their household. They had the power, they had enormous power over their household. And because of that, there were lots of laws that addressed specifically this head of the household. They were a part of really the governing structure of the city itself. And so because of that, you had these large households with these very strong fathers at the head of them that were leading their family. And both the center of Jewish and the center of Roman worship of the, in the first century was in the home. It was not in the temple. It was not in the synagogue. Those things were supporting structures. But the primary place where worship and governing happened in the first century was in the household. But today, when you look, at, or look around, people don't have these kinds of households. And so this is a very serious problem. We have to equip households or equip families to become households in order for us to achieve our mission at 1KH, equipping the household households to disciple the city. And so equipping, coaching is a really uh, huge part of what we do. And we like to think about this as a process of coaching. Why? Because if you have never even seen what we're trying to build, then just giving you content is never going to be sufficient to bring a family that's never seen this or experienced it or grew up with this, they're not going to be able to apply those principles and those practices without some degree of coaching. And so we like to bring together content, coaching, and community. That's, that's how we accomplish our mission at 1KH, by equipping households. The second word we use, we say equipping households to disciple the city. And so we want to see disciples, uh, disciples multiplied in the city, people that are actively following Jesus. And we use the word disciple in our mission. We're really talking about it from the perspective of of both definitions of discipleship. The first definition we talk about in Life on Life is is that process of apprenticeship where you begin to apprentice people into following and obeying Jesus. But we also are talking about the larger, more common definition of discipleship, which is just that simple growth into spiritual maturity that we talk about within Christianity. And so all of that kind of discipling. We want to see that happen in and through the home. We want to see disciples made who obey and follow Jesus. We want to see people also become mature in their faith, mature as mothers and fathers, sons and daughters, into who God has created them to be. And we're going to use the household as the primary vehicle for accomplishing the mission of discipleship. And the third word we use there is the city. And so we are equipping households to disciple the city. What, the, where we are looking at the metric that we're actually aiming at at 1KH to see transformation is a city-level transformation. You know, we talk about how the vision is what happens when a thousand disciple-making households emerge in a single city. What happens to that city? That's the picture that we're really uh, motivated by 
because we believe that, that when you have a thousand disciple-making households, people that are not only creating an environment of discipleship in their home and watching people transform, but also are reproducing that into other families, creating more and more households, then a saturation starts to occur within a city. And that saturation is really what we want to see happen. We want to see what happens when a, a city begins to operate at this level, where you have these, these very strong uh, households that understand who they are, that are able to govern themselves, that are able to experience in and through their household all the different activities and rhythms of the kingdom that, that, that a household can steward. And we want to see them also begin to work together across the city. Part of what we believe is that once you have a lot of households that are doing this, and this takes on a lot of the responsibility of discipleship, this actually frees a, lo a lot of resources in the city for us to be able to partner and to create those larger ministries that are citywide ministries. So we believe that those need to exist, but we think that being undergirded by the households actually is will create a different kind of city than being undergirded by churches or traditional churches. The reason for that is that traditional churches, because they, they need to really uh, be a little bit careful about how, how they function across denominational lines, uh, that they could create a lot of bleed in, in their ability to survive if they just participate in lots of, lots of parachurch ministries that aren't associated with their church or their denomination. Um, because of that, that sort of limitation, there's a lot of disunity in the city. There's not a lot of efforts uh, to, to say, let's go across denominational lines and solve citywide problems. And whenever that happens, when churches lay down uh, what is maybe best for their brand and does what's best for the city, I find that the, to be some of the most encouraging um, efforts that, and the most fruitful efforts that, that I've ever seen. But what happens when households begin to do that? There's no tension really between when households begin to to work together to see citywide transformation. And remember that in Genesis 1, the, the entity that God designed to be fruitful was the family. It was to the family that he gave the mission to be fruitful, multiply, subdue, and rule. And so we believe that nothing has really changed uh, in terms of God's design for the family being that, that place through which fruitfulness occurs in the city. And so we believe citywide transformation will happen at a different level and we'll see things that we've never seen before if this kind of saturation occurs. A thousand disciple-making households in one city. So equipping households to disciple the city. Well, friends, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to learn more about A Thousand Houses or discover what a season of coaching might look like for you and your household, visit 1kh.org. We'll see you for the next episode.